Are you prepared for the worst or avoiding to even think about it? Doesn't matter what position you are in right now. This episode will give you the elements needed to be prepared for the worst. And when I talk about the worst, it is related to non-compliance, fraud, white-collar crime or a cyber attack. The incidents which are happening all the time, but hardly discussed. I'm glad to have you here spending the next few minutes together. Corporate integrity, fraud, non-compliance, and cybersecurity. Would you like to understand the root causes, detect threats, and take measurements to protect the most precious assets? As a leader, you need to be prepared and stay actionable in the event of an incident. Sonia Sternemann talks in her podcast, The Human Factor. Corporate integrity matters. To leaders and entrepreneurs who want to have impact, foster corporate integrity, and act as role models. As an international expert for corporate governance and integrity, entrepreneur, and independent board member, she knows the challenges. Let her inspire you. Welcome back to this new episode of the podcast, The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. You might be a board member, executive or non-executive, a business professional, a corporate integrity council, or on your way there. I'm your mentor and sparring partner when it comes to corporate integrity with impact. Founder of Corporate Integrity Concepts and the Corporate Integrity Academy with its leadership circle. With a vision to protect and secure assets, reputation and actionability, yours and the one of your organization. Why? Because corporate integrity matters to all of us, to our planet. Being prepared for incidents, it is a topic under investigation for today. I have a very short answer when it comes to the question of what the return on investment is for being prepared. It is not a huge percentage exceeding the investment, it is much more and I call it actionability. Actionability is what every leader needs to protect, no matter what kind of situation, for her or himself, and for organization as such. To protect the vision, strategy, and business with all the related shareholders' and stakeholders' interest, actionability is the return on investment of being prepared. Therefore, there isn't anything more important than staying actionable, which is not the same as reacting, but more on that a little bit later. The discussion of being prepared is an evergreen in our client meetings and projects. During an incident, the need dramatically increases and the openness to think about is better than ever before. Suddenly, it's possible. Afterwards, depending on how much the incident negatively impacted the reputation, financial loss, and the additional business impact, the willingness to strengthen the organization varies. In the one-to-one sessions with board members and executives, they all see the value of being professionally prepared to become the best version as a leader. Why is it then so difficult to strive for preparedness as a team, as an organization? That is just one of the questions which come up during the in-depth sessions and discussions, and some of the answers might be found during our own reflection after this episode. 
One of the facts of not having the same sensitization as an individual than as a team goes back to our human behavior in groups. The so-called herd behavior. Following the maturity or at least the informal leader of the herd. Seen not only in boards, but also in the teams of any organization. It can be reduced by a simple question of Why should I specially prepare for an incident? I am already a professional XYZ. I don't need that. Is that true? Having just one person in the room with such a mindset, no matter whether it is outspoken or nonverbal, it is difficult to protect the others of not following because it would implicitly be seen as a confessed weakness. That's not true. But that's how we behave, which, if, which is, of course, not the case at all, but quite contrary. It takes a lot of strength to withstand such beliefs, biases and stereotypes, and it is exactly what real leaders can. But it needs to be built first, because they take ownership and responsibility for themselves and the organizations. Therefore, also when it comes to preparedness, The independent mindset of a leader is crucial. And it also divides the wannabe leaders from the real leaders. And here I am not talking about the hierarchy. I talk about the right mindset. Looking at the topic from a more high-level perspective and keeping the big picture in mind, we see that everybody is affected when it comes to the question of how am I prepared? How are we prepared? And for what are we prepared how? Smaller incidents, which hap happen in every organization, are the proof of the concept and could be taken as a good start to think further. To make it more tangible, I like the metaphor of the preparation for the driving license. Just as a side mark, I know that you are all listening to this episode from all over the world. Asia, Australia, New Zealand, the Nordics, the Emirates, the United States, from Europe, UK, Africa, some beautiful islands and many more. So I do not know what is needed in all your places when it comes to the regulations of achieving the driving license. In Switzerland, that, that is where I had to do my license 30 years ago, I first had to pass the mandatory first aid course. Before, I was even not allowed to take driving lessons with my teacher. It did not seem to be fun for most of the attendees, except the ones which wanted to work in that field afterwards, of emergency and first aid. But it was a must to be become part of the driving society. We had to prepare ourselves for the worst, not primarily to protect ourselves, but to be prepared and stay actionable to help others. And that's the difference here. Staying actionable when the chips are down and the perfect storm is calling. What does that mean for your responsibility in business? Being prepared to stay actionable to help others. Are you also a big fan of relevant and straightforward applicable tools? I am, and I like to have a framework wherever I can to work into. This practical example for one of our clients might also support you and your team. 
So the methodology I am going to introduce now was established over the last 10 years and we call it the Fraud Ed Kit. And when I say we, this includes Susan, my colleague, and myself, who are the two initiators and founders. The Fraud Ed Kit is divided into five successive phases, which are coordinated in a modular way and include first, awareness, second, implementation, third, maintenance, fourth, alert, and five, process. In short, also called IMAP. Let us dive into the different phases now. First of all, we have to get familiar with the risk and have to become aware. That's the awareness. The introductory phase and sensitization aims to increase the knowledge in the organization about the current situation and is considered the first step in prevention and also the most effective one, of course, but you already have heard in former episodes. So the basic questions to be answered are, are all responsible persons aware of what could happen? And where is the organization or company most vulnerable? Here we talk about the risk and exposure and vulnerability again. Depending on the risk landscape and its assessment, different measures must be considered about the following phases. It remains very individual for each organization, of course, but we have to take it up. It is necessary to determine how the tools and instruments can be made available to the responsible decision makers in the team and the organization to preserve their ability to act in each of the defined emergencies. So it means you and your team is defining the emergencies. I know that might be a challenge if done for the first time, but it's worth to do so. And followed by the action plan and their management when they occur. And these plans are based on the various relevant factors from the risk analysis of their respective organization. Since good and malicious social engineering has established itself as probably the most important effective success factor along the life cycle of white-collar crime, non-compliance and cybercrime, of the ability to act, it is also particularly important within the framework of the fraud etiquette. The sensitization already massively reduces the individual and the entrepreneurial risk in the context of risk and reputation management. The increasing security awareness of the mo is the most important goal in the context of raising awareness. The second phase already focuses on the implementation, Make it, making it working for an organization. So sensitization makes individual entry points and weaknesses of the organizations visible. In close coordination with all risk topics, a holistic co um, concept is developed that meets the needs in the event of an incident to guarantee the exponent's ability to act. So the existing organization is burdened as little as possible, but as much as necessary. The goal is that the organization effort for operations should not be increased. And that's so important here because the daily business needs to go on. The implementation of the defined preventive measurements as well as the reactive measurements is carried out under consideration of the interfaces to the existing crisis management, if you have one, and the internal control system and risk management. And here I also would like to outline, I'm, I know and I'm aware of that, that the maturity level are so 
different in each organization. The aim is not to build up redundancies, but to be able to fall back on existing resources and processes. There often there are so many existing parts already within an organization, but it's overseen. Maybe it's also not as good documented as it could be. So great, the implementation is done. And as we all know, often the most consuming part of the game here. Now we run the business with the implemented processes in place. And it seems as if we are prepared. Are we? Maintenance means the maintenance of the implementing tools and instruments in the form of the process. The aim is to ensure that the organization can react correctly in an emergency. And that's the aim of, 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 um, of maintenance. With the stress tests, the implemented procedures and measures can periodically be checked and then existing weaknesses could be identified. But as we all know, the never hoped for emergency occurs at the worst possible time. Always. That's just given. By implementing the methods and tools of the fraud advocated, those affected know who is to be informed with what, when and how and what immediate measures are to be taken. This is done depending on the previously evaluated and defined patterns, for example, fraud patterns or whatever kind of emergency patterns you have defined, which are derived from the risk assessment of the organization. In this way, those responsible ensure, for example, that in the first moments of a walk or confirmed knowledge of incident or emergency, important evidence is secured through the professional reaction. But hold on, this would already be an incident and is part of phase four and five. The alert goes out and the actions are now required. So that's the incident readiness, alerting and processing. Up to this phase, the organization or company was active in the field of pre prevention and if necessary, detection. The maintenance phase enabled conspicuous early warning indicators, the red flags, missing controls or non-functioning processes to be identified. That's the aim of maintenance. However, an event had not yet occurred and day-to-day -day business was able to follow as usual. No company wants to be in the situation where an emergency occurs and the alarm must be raised. I agree. Even if the possibility was practiced in advance, this is meant a state of emergency for those responsible because now it becomes necessary to fall back on the implemented processes and follow them. The alarm is raised by the expert defined in advance, internally or externally, and it was already in place before. And the situation is going to be processed by them while they also try to find the facts. In this phase, it's vital for the organization that the experts are closely coordinated and can therefore act effectively and efficiently in the sense of solving the problem and finding facts. It always supports if teams internally or externally that are, are already well rehearsed take care of the facts and leave the responsible persons free to take care of the daily business. By delegating certain tasks, but not the responsibility, the ability to act can be maintained for the company. In practice, it has proven to be the best to keep the investigation teams as small as possible, 
but as large or as necessary, of course, to achieve the greatest possible efficiency. Reflecting on these five stages, there might be room for improvement in some organizations, but only you know the answer. My personal conclusion is that being prepared is not optional. Not for leaders who want to shape the culture of corporate integrity. Being prepared protects the mission, the vision, the strategy and the most precious assets. And when I say that, I always have the individual situation in mind too. Organizations are built by individuals and it all starts with us. Therefore, I offer you the following additional take-home assignment for this week. How do you prepare yourself, your team and your organization to strengthen the resistance and the resilience regarding non-compliance, economic and cybercrime? If you would like to hear more about resilience, especially the corporate resilience, you will find it in our episode number 19. And for those who already started to reflect on that at the very beginning of this podcast, where I raised already the first question, here I have them again. How am I prepared? How are we prepared? And for what are we prepared how? And if you need a metaphor to convince your peers, think about the driving license and the first aid training. I think that should be understood immediately. This was episode number 20 of The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. Following the belief, corporate integrity secures and empowers individuals and organizations. Would you like to learn more, meet peers and getting qualified? So visit the website Corporate Integrity Concepts or Corporate Integrity Academy. Or do you think this podcast could be interesting for someone you know? Sharing is caring and we are always happy to welcome your peers to our community. And if you like this episode, subscribe and don't miss any of the future ones. The show notes are, of course, enriched with relevant information and your connection via any of the social media channels is highly appreciated and will be answered. Promised. And please do not forget, topics of your interest or interview partners are highly welcome. Just send me a note on any of the channels you know. That's it from my side. I thank you for listening. My name is Sonja Stierniemann and I'm your host. Stay curious, actionable and a role model. Take care and goodbye.